This is the Three to Win Podcast, sharing optimal steps to win your day, month, and year. Your money and your life are like crossroads, and when they meet, true success can be discovered. Our Real Talk conversations are about creating fulfillment throughout your life's journey. And now, here is the Life Architecture team. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Three to Win podcast. I am Rich Blooney, and I am joined by the very talented and special John Kennedy, and of course, the amazing, articulate, and artistic Matt Marcoux. He's flexing right now because he's also buff. So we are so glad you're here. If you've checked out any of our other episodes and you've come back, well, thank you so much for doing that. And if this is your first time here on Three to Win, we talk about all sorts of things, how to win at your life, at your money, at your retirement, at your success, at your relationships. We're just three guys trying to figure our way through this wild world, and we're glad you're joining us for that journey. So today, we're going to talk about PAPA, P-O-P-A, Power of Positive Aging. I just like saying it. I love coming up with acronyms because you never know what you're going to get. Can but we you call know, you Papa Smurf? Or that's, Papa? You, you, you Papa can call Smurf me Papa preach, Smurf. Preach you can call me Big Papa. That's what Biggie would say, right? <laughs> but I think that for us, it's kind of cool because we're all in three different kind of time zones as far as our age goes. I am actually, I'm turning 53 in two days. Happy birthday to me. And John's in his 30s. Matt is 40. We're kind of in these like different life stages. And yet all of us are finding our way through moving through the life stage that we're in. Um, as you guys may know, if you have, if you've tuned in some other episodes, you know, John and Matt are in the financial world. I come from a healthcare background. And so we want to talk about this from all sorts of different perspectives. So guys, for you, a lot of what you do and a lot of what our listeners, you know, are in tune to as well, because if they have jobs, hopefully they're saving for retirement or hopefully they've, you know, got a 401k or hopefully they're, they're doing something or they're even thinking about it if they're at that point in their life. And, and if you're not where you want to be guys that are listening, don't freak out all good, but just everybody's in different places, but a lot of people come to you guys specifically to plan and to talk about their future financially. Is that correct? Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, kind of going in line with the whole power of positive aging uh, conversation, it's one thing to think about, I think we all understand what it means to financially plan for retirement. You know, we got to invest in X, you know, put, put, you know, money away into the 401k, stuff like that. But what we're going to talk about today is the other side of that equation, which is what it means to emotionally be prepared for retirement. You know, so it's really about the art of practicing for retirement. Right, Matt? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And we really do get a unique perspective because we get to deal with people through all walks of life and at different, uh, different phases of, of age. And so some that are in the accumulation phase of their lives where they're, you know, uh, starting a family, getting that, that job and working their way through that process to those that are, you know, at their peak earning years and who are really trying to maximize things and they can see that, that finish line coming. And then those that are in retirement and those who have to make that adjustment from working a nine to five or, or owning a business to saying, what do I do today? What, what's, what, you know, what's my purpose now? And so we really do get a unique perspective on these kind of three very distinct phases of life. Yeah, that's interesting you say that, Matt, because I think for a lot of people, um, you know, you spend two, three, four, five decades of your life, right? Just, you know, head down, focused on that retirement goal. 
And then you get there and you, you did all the right stuff. You planned financially. And then it's like, well, okay, now what? You, you, never, you never actually practiced for what retirement might look like. And along the way, you, well, for a lot of people, you disengage from your passions, your interests, the things that maybe used to excite you when you were younger. You, you kind of lost those things because you were so focused on work. Then you hit retirement. And then what? Then what do you do? And we have so many clients where we hear this story. It's like within six months, they've checked every single thing off their list. And then they call us and they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go back to work now. Or we're going to go work at like flower and garden section in Lowe's because we just don't know what to do with our time. And you know what? It, it, it always makes me think, you know, we were talking earlier about quote unquote retirement and how it's just another stage of your life. And as you move through your life, you know, it's about living your life. And at some point, your work is not going to be your life. I mean, there are certainly those of us that are going to work until they can, you know, until they die. You know, there's a, I have a friend of mine, I forget the acronym he uses, but he always makes some joke about, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, dead at my desk. You know, he's like, I'm, you know, I, I have to work until the day I die. And, and sometimes that's because of, of all sorts of circumstances. But to your point, John, and Matt, with what you're saying, being or looking at retirement in a non-traditional way, not the usual, like I'm going to work until this day and then I'm going to sit in the Barca lounger. Do they still make Barca loungers? I don't I even know. I have no idea a, what that is. What? <laughs> I have no idea what you I just said. I think that's like an old type of chair. It's like a chair, right? It's like the old chair that used to recline by, oh Lord, I'm showing my we're age. We're showing our, yeah. Isn't that like a lazy boy? Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Okay. It's a lazy boy, a Barca lounger. I don't even know if that's really the word. Sometimes I make stuff up, but some people just think about, you know, the traditional, you know, retire. And I don't know you guys, I don't know the statistic, but am I wrong that a lot of people retire and then pass away very shortly thereafter that happens because they've kind of lost their why in life. They've kind of lost purpose. Do you see that or heard of yeah, that? I'm not sure if there's a, you know, there's an actual stat on, and John, you might know that if there's an actual stat on it, but you know, I, I just, what, what I want our listeners to think is, is part of our topic today. And it's not to get morbid, but what if there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? What if this is the best it's going to get? And we've had numerous cases of clients, uh, one in particular that John and I worked on that, you know, the, the husband passed away, essentially what was on his retirement um, celebratory cruise. And uh, we, we've had story after story about, you know, you, the, you get to that end of the rainbow and there's, there's nothing there. Now, that's not in every case. And again, I, I don't want to be morbid, but that's something to think about. It's something to remember as you're going through the grind is making sure you enjoy the ride along the way. Cause we don't know how long it's going to last. Right. Yeah. So, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to add to that. It's kind of just about, you don't want to disconnect from the things that do bring you joy, whether it's your family, your passions or what have you along the way. But at the same time, like Rich, you're talking about your friend who said, you know, he'll die at his desk. And, and we've heard that before. And you know what? That's okay too. If that's your, like, if, if the work that you do, if you believe that deeply and meaningfully about what you do and right. you love it that much, that's great. But my guess is for somebody who feels that way, if they're doing it right, they're also, they have other, they have time in their life for other things too, like their family and their friends and their passions. They're, they're, you know, they're well balanced in that way. And that's an important thing to identify that retirement for everyone can be different. You, you can be in your, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and you know, whatever, you get to redefine and decide how you want retirement to be. And if that means continuing to work, cool. 
Right. Do you think that it comes down to sometimes? I, I came across a quote um, from Harriet Tubman, and it is, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. And when I saw that quote, you know, and everybody sees quotes and, and they interpret them in different ways. But for some reason, what jumped out at me about that quote was every great dream begins with a dreamer. And I thought to myself, how many of us, many of our listeners, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe at one point had a quote dream. And when I say a dream, I mean something that brought them joy or happiness. It could have been a sport that they played or they played violin or they were an, an, a theater major or they were an artist. And, you know, adulting sometimes gets in the way and you start finding yourself working for a living, supporting a family, paying your mortgage, doing all the things that we all do and many of us do. And sometimes we disconnect from those things that really bring us life. You know, it's like we're living a life. What are you living your life for? Are you living your life so that you can put money in the bank when we all know that that's can't take it with you? I don't know if any of our listeners remember the show Seinfeld, but one of my very, very favorite episodes of Seinfeld is when George Costanza's parents decide they are no longer going to put their money away and leave it to George, but instead they're going to burn through it while they're alive. And there's this one awesome line where like the parents are packing to go to Disney World and George says, where are you going? And the dad goes, I'm going to Disney World. You could drop a thousand in a day like that. And he's just like trying to burn through his money. But, you know, I think about what what, what do our listeners, those, those that are listening that have something that connects them to passion or to life or to joy, you know, do you guys think that part of this whole moving through your life or the, pow the power of positive aging, do you think there's a component where we connect to those things that make us happy and bring us those moments of joy? Well, yeah. And I think uh, to, to the Seinfeld example, it's, it's funny you said that because so many people like what brings them joy is their family, you know, their right. kids and they're, then they become adult children and then they have kids. And so they want to invest all their time and energy into their kids and their grandkids. And that is great. But there is um, a difference between the mentality of saying like, <clears throat> you know, I can't, what, what is that saying that we hear from clients, Matt? Like sometimes they'll say, I can't take it to the grave, so I might as well spend it. And then yeah. there's, you know, on the, on the far opposite end of that spectrum, there's the person who is, is, you know, on a defined budget and afraid to go out and eat dinner that night because they want to give every single penny to their kids and their grandkids and have this big legacy. There's probably like, you know, in connecting with your passion, there's probably like a middle ground between that personality who like wants to give everything to their kids and grandkids versus someone who wants to give nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's also that fine line of, of, of saving for tomorrow, but also living for today. Ooh, so true. Right. You know, so we get that question a lot, especially in our office, Matt, how much should I be putting away? What should I be saving? And, and you know, it's great to have that mentality. It's great to be a saver. If you're living below your means, which is a big thing that we preach in our office, if you're living below your means, then you should have enough extra fluff in there to be able to do. But you, you got to be able to enjoy the ride along the way while at the same time saving for a rainy day or that retirement or whatever that big thing may be. There, there's this fine line that we are all doing this dance around to make sure that we're both living for today and also saving for tomorrow. But that's like, that is the art of practicing for retirement. I mean, you could do that when you're in your, when you're in your thirties or when you're in your fifties, like we're all working towards whatever, however we define that goal. 
but you've got to be able to take moments, take a step back, enjoy a vacation or two, spend time with family and walk that line. Like you said, like, you know, the difference between the saver and the spender, basically. Let me ask you guys a question. This is, this is an opinion thing. I'm just curious, but this is your expertise. Why do you think if you had to pick like the top one or two or even three reasons, why do you think there are people who save, they have money and like the example you gave John, but they won't go out to dinner. They won't. Why do you think people do that to themselves? Why do people work so hard and yet forget about living below their means? They, they are just, is it fear? Is it, is it, is it, do you guys see it's how they were raised? Is it, is it, what, what do you think that's from? Because everyone knows people like that. And, you know, some people make fun of them, you know, they call them the misers or the scrooges, but you know, there's more to it than that. Cause sometimes it doesn't come from a, I I'm hoarding all of this for myself. What's the fear? What are they worried about? What, what in your experience, where does that come from? Generally speaking, what have you seen? I've seen it where there, it's almost like they're running a race. Um, I have uh, these three clients in particular. Um, it's two brothers and a father, and um, I love them dearly. They're 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 just such really nice guys. But um, you know, I had the conversation with one of the brothers the other day that I said, "Okay, you've amassed this great wealth. You worked three jobs, um, and and you've you've got such a nice portfolio. What we would all consider is is a really good. What are you going to do with all of this? And more importantly." You're never going to spend all of this money. What do I do with it as your advisor when you're no longer here? Because there's no instructions for that. Do we put? Do we name a building after you somewhere? What What do we do? So, um, and I've talked. I've had this conversation, and it's almost like they're running this fictitious race, and they're in this very big hurry to get somewhere. I oftentimes don't think they even know. It's more of just a mentality of, I've got to put it aside. It's got to be put aside. It cannot be spent. And I have to remind sometimes some clients. Listen, you gotta you gotta enjoy some things along the way. Do and it, it well, I was think, gonna say it. It go definitely ahead, John, could sorry. be. Yeah, sorry. It definitely could be generational too. Like you know, I I can remember uh, being a kid. My grandparents grew up in like the the Great Depression era. You know, my grandfather served in World War II, uh, and and I'll never forget this simple lesson that I learned. They came to visit. Uh, I went to go say hi to them, and I left my uh, gaming like my computer game on like I left the screen on came back up in my room after 20 30 minutes of visiting with them my tv was off and the game was off and of course as a kid you're like oh man like I saved right at the spot like I was right I was about to beat the bowser like I was about to beat the next level and it turned off and then he came in my my grandfather came in my room and he said you know like that takes energy that's wasteful that you left that on but he grew up in a time frame where that generation, like you, you didn't necessarily know where your next meal was going to come from. I mean, they really going through the great depression was very meaningful. And then, so in my family, like probably the way my mother was raised and then the way that I was raised in turn, there's some connectivity to that, to being like a saver versus spender. So like back to the parallel you're drawing, Matt, it's like they, they were conditioned their whole lives to continue to accumulate and save that they kind of forgot along the way that they need to enjoy it a little bit and practice the art of retirement. And do you think also, so, you know, my, so there, and there again lies the difference in our generation. So my parents were raised during the depression and, you know, my, my, my mom and dad were both born in 1930. So they were, you know, in their childhood, young childhood during the depression. And I heard many stories about that. So I saw within them 
and I even see my mom still alive at 89 and I see within her these moments of, you know, being worried about not having enough and running out. But let's say, let's back it up into somebody who's not from that era, their 30s or 40s or 50s. I wonder if sometimes people save and they put all of this away and and the reason why they can't enjoy it is because they've disconnected from that dream or they've disconnected from a meaning or a purpose or a why. They don't, they no longer have it. And so what ends up filling that void is just the excitement or the satisfaction of accumulating. You know, it's almost like that TV show Hoarders, if you've ever watched it. And sometimes it's really sad and it's it's very you know moving and it's definitely a behavioral health issue. But when you hear some of the stories of why these people hoard like shoeboxes and they're hoarding plastic wrappers and there's always a story of some sort of pain or loss that has happened to them. And so I always wonder, as we talk about the power of positive aging and how to move forward, do you think it's important if we go even outside of the financial kind of thinking for a second, do you think it's important that we help people either realize, think about, or reconnect to the things that bring them joy, the things that bring them their bliss? So, I mean, when you, you know, for me, when, when that jumps out for me, I do some silly stuff. So we've talked about my little TikTok adventures. And for me, for those of you that have listened before, you already know this. And a lot of the listeners that are on here are from TikTok. I'm on TikTok as Memento Vivere Forever, M-E-M-E-N-T-O, Vivere is V-I-V-E-R-E, and then the number four ever. You got to shore that up, Rich, because I can't, and I love you and I love watching your TikToks. I never can no, remember. Don't it, you got to have like an acronym keep for it. it. You got to keep it, man. That's you. That's you. I keep know. It. But you know, I do it. And the reason why I do it is because during this whole quarantine time, I was feeling a little, I, I'll just be honest, I was feeling kind of a little depressed. I was feeling a little sad and I wasn't feeling like I was making a difference or helping people. So I just started doing it to try to make people laugh and to try to, you know, silly dances or funny skits or, you know, whatever. But for me, it, I realized it was very healing. It was something that was connecting me to a passion. Way back in the day, I was a theater major when I was a kid. And even when I went to college, I was an actor most of the beginning of my life before I went to healthcare. And so for me, there was that connecting to an audience or making people laugh or enjoying that back and forth. So I wonder if we, you know, for our listeners that are listening, I'd, I'd ask you to think about this. You know, what are you living your life for? What are the things that bring you joy? And like to Johnny's point, maybe you're a grandparent and what truly brings you joy is now that you have the freedom and the time, because maybe you're not working anymore as a grandparent, maybe you are retired, you know, being able to sit on the floor and play with your grandkids. Maybe you're a working, a single working mom and you were a singer back in the day, but you're so busy with work and taking care of your kids. You don't, you don't have time to go be in a band on the weekends, nor do you have, you know, anyone to watch your kids. So you know what? Sing in the shower, like go get your, you know, beat speaker, go get whatever, put on your favorite, you know, Alicia Keys song and start belting it out in the shower. Strangely enough, connecting to that thing that makes you happy does something because like john i know for you you were a jock you were an athlete most of your life and i think while you know you're you're a towering 510 i think that you were pretty good at basketball or you really loved it and i know because we live in the same neighborhood 
I've seen you going by my house towards the basketball courts with a b-ball in your hand a couple times. What's up with that? I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone would have defined me as a jock back in high school or whatever, but <laughs> I'll take it because that feels nice. Um, yeah, I grew up playing baseball and basketball. I love it. And I haven't, I haven't just gone to like shoot hoops in well over a decade. Uh, you know, during the downtime of the quarantine, um, we all just are feeling kind of pent up in our house. So we want to get out a little bit. Right. And so I just decided, you know, we got a nice half court basketball court in our neighborhood. I'm going to go shoot some hoops. I've been doing it every day. I've been doing it every day for the last few weeks. And it's really connected me back to a passion that I had when I was a kid. And I guess that's kind of what we're talking about. It's like, you know, we could get so caught up in this elusive idea of whatever, whatever, like however each of us individually defines retirement. And it's, it's just easy to get stuck in this whole adulting phase. Like we're all adulting really hard right now, right? We're head down, working hard, trying to achieve this goal. And you, you, you can't get lost in that. You, you still have to be able to take these breaks, which it's funny, you know, you're, you've got, you know, two financial planners on the show. Um, and we're kind of talking about both, out of both sides of our mouth. Cause on one hand, like we're, you know, big on saving, big on investing, doing the right things. But there is a point where you can go too far. And if you strip away all of the enjoyment in life and only focus on that, then what good is that? And I think that's kind of the message that we're trying to deliver today. Well, and sometimes just from hearing the stories that you guys have told me, what we prepare for and what actually happens in life are sometimes strangers to each other, right? I mean, we prepare to retire at, well, make up a number, 67, but the things that happen between now and 67 might blow that up a little bit. I mean, in a good way, you might all of a sudden come into a tremendous amount of money, you know, God bless you. And now you can retire at 45 or the opposite. You might have some tragedy happen in your life and now retirement is put off permanently. Yeah. You know, and I, I just came across this just coincidental to our discussion as a, as a client um, who, uh, you know, she's a, she's a nurse, though the wife's a nurse, the husband is a consultant um, and she woke up one morning and him laying next to him, not breathing. Um, he, he had a massive, massive heart attack and, and by the grace of God, he, he survived. And, um, but he's not the same as he was, you know, that took a very, the heart attack took a huge toll on him. And, um, you know, he, he is a, he was a, a brilliant man in, in the area of what he was consulting, but I, I found out uh, talking to him, talking to the wife that he's actually a classically trained penist. Um, and, uh, and so I, I found this out and I, I just, I had no idea. And what if, what if tomorrow you don't wake up, you know, and I keep kind of going back to that is, you know, he has, he had this amazing life and they were working towards these amazing goals and it was, it was taken away basically in, in a, a flash. Well, and this is why we, we talk with clients and, and people about aging gracefully. Not that that wasn't the scenario in this case, but what is that if you're so focused on that goal of retirement and you're working 60 plus hours a week and you're head down and like, don't get me wrong. Those are, I mean, those are good traits and you're providing for your family and you're working towards that goal. But what does that do to your health long-term? What does that do to your mental psyche long-term, right? I mean, the, the whole idea of aging gracefully is so that we're doing things along the way that we're able to find enjoyment out of. And it sounds like he did. I mean, you know, obviously he, he, he's lived a fulfilled life too, but you know, that's how often do we see that scenario where it's someone that they just, they worked their whole life and then something sad and tragic suddenly happened to them. And, and that brings up a good point. It's the health side. And, and Rich, maybe you can give us some, some insight, you know, from your health background, 
you know, what, what does that look like? Well, for sure. And, you know, I, I always use like maybe the analogy of a house, right? So you have a great house. What makes a house great isn't a single component. You can't say this is a great house, but the foundation is completely collapsing, or this is a perfect house, but every part of the roof is leaking, or this house is outstanding, but the wiring is constantly catching on fire or the pipes are constantly leaking. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people get out of balance, right? So their house being their life, who they are as a person, they focus on one component. So maybe like one of your clients that you know you might've mentioned, maybe they're looking at the foundation, money. It's all they think about. Save, 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 put it away, best investments, nail the stock market, do great. Meanwhile, the roof is leaking, the pipes are leaking, the wires are shooting sparks out and the, found, and the walls are caving in. You know, so I'm 53, I'm gonna be 53, as I said. And one of the things I try to do is, and I'm not saying I'm in like tremendous, like fantastic fitness shape, but I try to work out and I try to stay in shape. And I do that because of my health background, because I have seen a lot of those stories that you guys just told. I've, I've seen that all day long. And so for me, it's understanding that that's part of the person that I have to be. And for us to be able to have a positive aging experience to move forward positively, we have to look at all the components of our house. So I'd make up that that is our physical health, that is our spiritual health, that is our emotional well-being, that's our financial situation, and that's our relationships. And a lot of people just kind of focus on one or two and they focus on the one that's easiest for them. So if you're an athlete, then you focus on your physical health. But meanwhile, I'm sure you guys can name a lot of very famous athletes who made hundreds of millions of dollars and lost it all. They were very focused on their physical health. They were outstanding physical specimens. They won Super Bowls or championships, but meanwhile, their money wasn't being managed. Or, you know, you could think about somebody who was really focusing very, very much on their money, but they were letting their health and their relationships fall to the wayside. So for our listeners, think about your house. How's your house looking? How's your spiritual well-being? What do you believe in or what do you do or how do you, how do you take care of that spiritual component? However you might define that. Is it, is it a prayer? Is it a meditation? Is it, is it kindness? Whatever it is. You know, what's, what's your financial situation? Do you save? Do you have experts like John and Matt that you can go to? Your physical well-being. Don't get intimidated. I, you know, when I'm in the gym and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm in pretty decent shape, you know, whatever. But when I see somebody who's looks like they're really maybe struggling with their fitness or their weight or whatever the situation is, that's the person I'm always saluting in my mind because I know that's much harder to do than the guy over in the corner who's, you know, jacked to the max with gigantic muscles and ripped to shreds. I mean, okay, great, me. that, that's yeah, me. Exactly. You can just but, come but by and say hi next time you're doing that. Exactly, I will. But but it's 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 being able to look at our being. It's it's being able to look at our house because truly, positively aging is not just a single component of that house. It, it's you could slap a lot of paint on a dilapidated house and it might look good, but it's still going to collapse. So what do you do? You know, so for you guys you know, when you look at your house, when you look at who you are, what are some of the ways that you would recommend for people to kind of take care of the different components of their life? Like for you guys. Well, you know, you said those, those four or five different components that you were talking about that sort of make up, um, you know, your life. And, and uh, an interesting analogy that was kind of coming to me is this whole idea of like your wheel of life, you know? So if you think of each one of those things as like a, a spoke on a, on a wheel, and you rate those things on a scale of one through five, five being really good and one not being so great, um, 
if some things are a one, some things are a three and some things are a five, it's going to be like a really, really bumpy ride. Like that, that wheel is not going to turn and be in, in smooth motion. And obviously it's, it's also difficult and elusive to maybe have everything be a five, but those are, those are the types of things you want to progress and work towards. And I, you know, for us, it's really, you know, we talk so much about money, but I don't think it's as much about the money. It's really about what you're living for and how you're, you're investing back into yourself to, in, in all those different areas of life, like you're referring to. I think the other one is having just an extremely healthy work life balance. You know, we just went through this, this pandemic where we were all either stuck at home, you know, did we take time? Well, you know, either sitting in our office or on our zoom calls or all those things, or did we take some time to say, listen, my kids are in the room next door. I'm going to go play with them. When, when else have we have opportunities to do this besides a summer or, or something like that? And so that work-life balance for us, um, I think is something that we're very conscious of. And I would say, and certainly not to contradict you, but to kind of add to what you just said, I would say that people shouldn't put so much pressure on themselves to achieve work-life balance, but more like work-life mix. Because let's just be honest, there is no balance. There's never balance. There is never a day where you're going to achieve this perfect balance between work and life because sometimes they intermesh. Sometimes things change. Sometimes it, like you guys have said in other podcasts, you're taking phone calls at eight o'clock at night or on the weekends because you have to be able to do that. So I get you're right. We have to be able to achieve that taking work and taking life and figuring out how to mix it so that it all kind of you know works together. A milkshake is never balanced. You never achieve like the perfect balance of milk, ice cream, and chocolate syrup, but you want to achieve the perfect mix of the three. And you figure that out. And some days you want it thicker. Some days you want it chocolatier. Some days you want it, you know, more. Some days you want less. But speaking of more and less, we are at the point of this podcast where we have to start to wrap it up. But here's what we want to leave you with. We want to leave you with just understanding that at the end of the day, your life is more than what you have. Your life is what fulfills you. Your life is really about your passion and your heart and what you're living for. Whatever you're saving for, whatever you're working for, make sure as Harriet Tubman would remind us, remember to dream. Remember to do those things that bring you happiness. Remember to do those things that help you. Think about yourself as being those spokes on the wheel, as John said, or as the house. Take care of the different pieces. How are you taking care of yourself spiritually, physically, intellectually, mentally, all of the different pieces that come together? We want to thank you so much for allowing us into your ears and into your life and hopefully into your mind and heart. We hope you get a little nugget, a little something out of every one of these. Um, please make sure to like, please make sure to rate, please make sure to comment. We love reading those to every one of you. Take good care of yourself. Take great care of yourself. Be well. And we'll see you back again on the three to win podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening. Three to win is a podcast for the high achieving self starter that understands there has got to be a better way to maximize their potential. You can help us create impact by sharing this with a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast. 